Hey, Maggie. Yeah, Tyler? We talked a little bit in the first episode about how this show is kind of fruity. Yeah, like this show has a lot of gay subtext. It's really great. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, you don't think it ever goes a bit, like, too far? No. I think it's great that kids can be exposed to the LGBTQ plus community and culture in a way that's normal. Um, I wouldn't say a rainbow unicorn is exactly normal. I feel like you're playing into harmful stereotypes by associating feminine things, such as a unicorn, with gay people, Tyler. Um, I don't know, seems kinda gay to me. Even if it is, who cares? It's great representation, especially in a way that's not sexualized. Okay, I have to stop you there. That is blatantly not true. How on earth could you think that the LGBTQ plus representation is sexualized at all in this show? It's a kid's show. Well, I mean, Adora does say she doesn't know if she can just turn on She-Ra. Tyler, you're done. That's canceled. Enough. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just, it's something I noticed. I'm Tyler Strandberg. And I'm Maggie Cargan. And you're listening to Keyframe Reframe. On this podcast, we watch the Netflix original, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, and analyze the plots, themes, and characters. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to Keyframe Reframe. Today, we'll be talking about the third episode of the show, titled Raz. Maggie, where do you think that title comes from? I don't know. I, I just, it, it seems like such a weird, um, okay, this joke isn't funny anymore. I'm just going to read that. No, I think it's actually based on the hit musical Chicago, where you got oh, a razzle-dazzle like, them. Give them the old razzle-dazzle. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> you got a razzle-dazzle. You know the movie with uh, Renee Zellweger? I, I always hate that we don't film this. Because the amount of dirty looks that I always give to, like, my co-hosts is just, you know, it's, the, it's far beyond entertaining. The original cast, John C. Riley. You're not even mentioning Catherine Zeta-Jones. She won an Oscar for that performance. Did she actually? Yeah, she's commonly known as, like, one of the best supporting actress winners. Why is she considered a supporting actress? Because she was, She's all um, I'm looking at. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fair, as you should. Back to the other gay show. Glimmer hopes to introduce She-Ra to her mother, Queen Angela, but Adora is unable to intentionally transform. One of her attempts to transform results in a horse being transformed into a winged unicorn named Swiftwind. She is then chased out of Bright Moon by rebels recognizing her attire as a horde uniform. Back in the Whispering Woods, Adora meets the eccentric Madame Raz, who takes Adora to a First One's beacon to pick berries, while giving her cryptic advice and addressing her as Mara. After hearing Raz's advice, Adora becomes determined to fight back against the Horde. When the transformed Swiftwind is captured by Horde soldiers, Adora is able to transform and rescue him. Later, Adora appears before Angela and convinces the Queen to allow her to join the Rebellion. Meanwhile, in the Fright Zone, Hordak promotes Katra to the position of Force Captain in Adora's absence. This episode premiered on November 13th, 2018, and was written by Noelle Stevenson. Uh, it's almost oh as my if God, like, they were all released at the same time. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, the first three episodes have all ri- been written by Noelle Stevenson, too, I've noticed. And she's the creator of the show, I think. Yeah, I think there's, like, co-writers on them. But yeah, she's the like original yeah. showrunner. She adapted them all to TV. Yeah, so on the um, 
on Wikipedia, which is where I like try to get my information, they credit that the episodes are all credited as like story by and then written by mm-hmm. and then like storyboard by. But like that's a lot of names. So I'm I'm standing firm. I am just sticking to the written by. So just to the episode was written by. But like there's a lot of collaborators who work on these episodes. Yes, yeah, just wait till you see the John O'Brien episodes. No. No, please tell me you're joking. Please, please tell me that's a joke. I'll never tell. Oh, my God. No, John, you are a very nice man, but... I know. he. I, I listened to that whole interview. He seems like a genuinely very kind person. Yeah, he is. He was so nice to talk to. We told him that we would take only, like, 15 minutes of his time, and we ended up talking to him for, like, 45 minutes. Oh. And I think that's just me being a bad interviewer. But he was kind. He was nice. That's good. All right, well, let's jump into some things to know. There is things to know for this episode. True. There's actually quite a bit. Um, so the stuffed animal that Adora picks up in Glimmer's Room is based on Cowl, who is one of the main supporting characters in the Rebellion from the original series, who unfortunately does not have any appearance in at all in this She-Ra continuity. Madame Raz mentions Broom and Luki from the original She-Ra Princess of Power series. She carries Broom around with her, even though I think original in the original series it was like an animate object, like it did its own thing. Yeah. And yeah, and Luki is the character that would always be seen hiding in the background of episodes. Um, a picture of Luki is briefly seen on the fan Raz packs into her bag. They're also her friends. I think it's funny too. Um, when she says, when she mentions Broom and Luki, she says Luki, although he's always hiding from me. Mm-hmm. Which I think that's also a fun little reference too. Uh, Adora's reaction is also really cute. When she's like, oh, yeah. cool, you have imaginary friends. She's like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, she's like, awesome. I met a crazy old lady in the woods. <laughs> Which, like, honestly, where else are you going to meet crazy old women? The nursing home? They're not Probably, as fun there. But that's beyond the point. Another character from the original show that is seen making a cameo is Grizzlor, a member of the Horde with the appearance of a humanoid beast who here just flees after seeing She-Ra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a coward to me. Yeah, I mean, I also do want to mention that friend of the podcast, Great Elise Griffin, voices Madame Rouse. Yes, oh my god, I love her. She voiced Azula on Avatar. Yeah, and every other character in any of your favorite childhood shows. <laughs> yes, she played a lot of voices. I actually noticed, so... um the girl who was talking to Lonnie in the locker room, mm-hmm. you know, like Lonnie was talking to some of the other things. The girl talking to her is also voiced by Gradley Griffin. That's really funny. I just like recognize that voice. I was like, that is, that's her. Not to go too far into her filmography. Mm-hmm. She also voices Katara's mom, doesn't she? If this is yes, wrong, please she does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, she she voices everybody. Yeah. There was one scene in the finale of Avatar, you know, where she banishes a um a servant. Yeah, it's her. Like for having a cherry pit. Yeah, it's her. <laughs> so she's literally like talking to her. I love that. That that's what we call range bestie. You can literally look up, just like look up Great Elise Griffin, and you will find at least like you'll see shows that you've watched that she's in. Mm-hmm. She's in literally everything. It's, her Twitter is also very hilarious. Oh, of course it is. She has a she has a TikTok too. Oh, I didn't know that. I should follow her on TikTok. 
All right, well, um, that's all the things we need to know. Um, so why don't we dive into some of our, or our only theme this episode's a self-discovery. Ooh, we've all gone through that. Um, Speak for yourself. I'm sorry, Tyler, are you still discovering yourself? <laughs> I am still trying to find who I am in my ripe young adulthood. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm only 25, so... Hopefully a quarter of the way through. Um, Hopefully a quarter. I'm like, I'm 24, and I hope I'm halfway. (laughs) (laughs) At least. (laughs) So that's really bad, because I make that joke a lot. Yeah. And I'm, like, married now, Mm -hmm. and my wife does not appreciate it. (laughs) She's like, "Mm, what? And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. 50, that seems like a good time to tap out. And she's like... She's like, I say that all the time, too. I'm like, honestly, I hope I'm dead before I'm 40. And my, one of my good friends, he's 47. <laughs> and so he's like, don't say that. <laughs> I also, like, think about it. Both my parents are in their 60s and are, like, totally fine. Like, yeah, like living full lives. And I'm like, oh, I guess I could do that. Okay, but keep in mind, they also had the opportunity to live full lives. Like... True. true, We have to deal with climate change. The world is going to end. We won't even have to worry about it. Yeah. I want to be dead by 2030. That's not true. That's too soon. That's nine years from now. We might not even finish this podcast I know. That's kind of scary. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically this episode, because we're getting off track so much. (laughs) Okay. Self-discovery. I am still discovering myself. Hopefully I do it sometime before I die at the ripe old age of 29. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Aaron's like 28, too, so they're going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, don't say that. I did not know they were that old. That old? (laughs) Okay, we are very, very off track now. Let's... (laughs) We're doing it. Okay. Self-discovery. Adora spends a good portion of this episode trying to find out how to, like, activate She-Ra, because she still feels like she doesn't have... Like, a, she doesn't really know what is going on. She doesn't have really any idea. She hasn't learned anything about what being She-Ra means. She doesn't know anything about the princess. She just mm-hmm. knows that it offers her a lot of power. But there's no reasoning behind it. It just right. is. And so right. she's really struggling to figure out how to not only transform on command, but also what it means to be this person. Glimmer, look, I don't know if I can just turn on Shira. I've only done it when someone was in danger before, and it felt a little out of control last time. I'm still figuring out how all of this stuff works. How hard can it be? Sword, magic words, poof, Shira. Yeah, and I think that's just like further backed up by how when we go to see Adora, like go outside to try to transform, which is, by the way, one of my favorite scenes in this entire episode. <laughs> um, and she's just, like, continuously failing. If you, like, turn on the subtitles, there's one moment where she goes, like, for the honor of Grayskull. Mm-hmm. And it says, in a deep voice. And then that's followed up right away by her saying, for the honor of Grayskull. And it says, in the, like, subtitles for that, in a normal voice. And I'm like, that's shady. That whoever wrote these captions, shady. Yeah, it is it is pretty intense watching her try to, like, figure it out. Because she's only done it out of survival. Like, it's never been mm-hmm. just, I'm doing this now. It's always been, I need to do this to help those around me. And you can yeah. tell it's clear that she's, you know, has no idea 
what she's doing. She's 17. Yeah, I mean, she seems really, like, confused. And, like, in a way, I don't want to say defeatist because that sounds, like, very pessimistic. But, like, she feels very lost in, like, she doesn't, like, in what she's doing. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't know why she was chosen to be She-Ra or, like, mm-hmm. what exactly her role in this position is. Well, and, I mean, if you look at it, she's never been anything other than a horde soldier her whole life. Mm-hmm. So she's not, right. she's never known anything other than that. So it makes sense that I would, I mean, like, I would be confused and scared. Yeah. I mean, you go from literally the exact opposite of what you're being brought up as, like, a horde soldier who thinks princesses are evil, to literally being a princess who is fighting the horde. Like, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a, it's a hard transition it's, there. Yeah, it's a really tough transition. I think that's what they would call in the industry a complete 180. Wow. Look at you. Thank you. It's almost as if you've worked Thank in you. the industry. I have friends. I have inside knowledge. Uh, fun fact, everyone. Tyler is in the industry. We will not <laughs> yes, specify if, what industry. <laughs> you want some <laughs> links in the industry. <laughs> Follow okay. Tyler on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my god! No! <laughs> or do. Give me money. I'll take it. <laughs> it's, he actually will pay you $5 for every subscription. <laughs> no. Okay. I am not that desperate. Believe it or not, I do not need to pay people to look at my nudes. I will just send it to them unsolicited. Like any <laughs> man does. <laughs> You can't send nudes unsolicited. They need to be solicited. I know. Tyler. I know. I'm sorry. That's the joke. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. So Adora begins to ask Raz questions about what it means and like what she should do. And uh, Raz actually recognizes the sword that she was carrying or that Adora's carrying. Yeah. I also think it's really funny how um, like when Adora is in the Whispering Woods, the sword kind of like gives a little, like, beacon mm-hmm. sort of indicator or whatever. It's, like, it's almost, like, pointing Adora, like, towards Raz. Yeah. It's almost like the sword wants Adora to find Raz. So, like, maybe the sword recognizes Raz as well. Yeah, it also seems like Raz is definitely kind of witchy. Mm-hmm. Like, she's living the ideal life out in the I woods. I kind of love her for that. Yeah, but it's, it's really interesting because she keeps calling Adora Mara rather than calling her mm-hmm. Adora, which would indicate that she knows Mara and she recognizes mm-hmm. the sword. So she has to know, or Mara is most likely a previous iteration of She-Ra. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, as someone who has not seen this show before, um, I'm going into most of these episodes, like, 70% blind. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so, like, what I'm picking up from that is that Raz knew a previous she If she did, though, she's got to be old because, like, everyone else just says, like, She-Ra, they thought She-Ra was a legend and not real. So, yeah. like, how old is Raz? Eternal. Like, when was the last <laughs> Eternal? But, yeah, the fact that she's recognizing Mara means that, like you were saying, mm-hmm. nobody realizes that She-Ra, everyone thinks that she's a legend. Like, she mm-hmm. hasn't been seen. But after realizing that Raz knows at least a little bit about She-Ra... Adora begins to wonder how Raz can give her answers. She starts to, you know, ask more questions and is trying to figure out 
what Raz can tell her. Look, I know you brought me here for a reason. If you know something about the sword, about me, you need to tell me. I brought you here to pick berries, and your basket's still empty. So come on, silly. And Raz points out that a, although Adora is clearly confused and aimless, she's looking for answers in all the wrong places. Like, she can't seek answers from someone else. She needs to look inside herself to discover who she truly is. Mm, you're very like my Mara, you know? Brave, loyal, but afraid. I'm not afraid. Dearie. <laughs> You ran into the woods and asked the first old lady you could find what you should do. No one is going to make this easy for you, dearie. Stop waiting for someone to tell you what the right thing to do is. You're a smart girl. What do you think? I think this is wrong. It's a really cliche thing. Like, you need to look inside yourself to find the answers. Yeah, it but is. In this, but in this case, it's true. Like, she needs to yeah, I mean, like another version of herself. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's what most of self-discovery is all about, right? It's mm-hmm. about, like, trying to find out who you are. You can't—it's self-discovery for a reason, you know? You're not asking other people who you are. You're figuring out who you are for yourself and what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I was going to make a joke about being a gay kid, Googling whether or not you're gay and taking a quiz— I think if you have to Google am I gay quiz, you probably already know You're the answer. You're probably gay. Um, but, like, as Adora goes on to fight the Horde, she's able to actually connect with She-Ra, and it is still sort of coming from a place of survival, but she's still able to do it again at the end of the episode when she pledges her allegiance to Queen Angela and the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. And you also notice that Angela doesn't refer, it's not Adora that's pledging, it's She-Ra, as if they're not the same entity. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. They continue to talk about them, like, separately mm-hmm. throughout at least the first season, and they have been talking about them separately so far, you know? Like, Adora constantly talks about She-Ra as if she another person. Yeah, and, like, it, everybody seems to do it. The only one who doesn't is, weirdly enough, Madame Raz. Ooh, interesting. But Madame Raz isn't even associating her with herself. She's Mara. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mad- I also I love the scene when Madame Raz goes, who is that girl? <laughs> I love that at the end. That is holy- peak comedy. Peak comedy. Oh, Raz, Ugh. never change. Never change. Okay, so, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, but let's continue to characters. Oh, that's what I was just going to say, too. Okay, cool. Let's touch on Catra a little bit. I felt like we talked a lot about Adora and Raz through, like, that whole process we just did. So, like, let's just catch up with where Catra's at. Mm -hmm. Um, Back at the Fright Zone, Catra is clearly showing resentment towards Adora after what she did to her in the last episode. And Catra overhears the other Horde soldiers talking about the new princess who took out their fleet with nothing but a sword and who was, quote-unquote, at least 12 feet tall. Um, I think she's actually 8 feet tall, but that's besides the point. She is taller than Master Chief, though. Yeah, because Lonnie says, like, <laughs> 12 feet tall at least. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Uh, that's that's a bit much, but... Catra immediately recognizes the description of the princess that Adora transforms into, a.k.a. She-Ra. But she doesn't say anything. She chooses to keep it to herself as if it's a, a point of 
power that she has, you know? Mm, um, interesting. She actually takes the extra step of protecting Adora by not revealing her identity. And it's it's unclear whether it's protection or if it's a little nugget she's keeping in there to use against other people. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, she in the quote we're about to listen to, she does mention that it's like she knows the secret. And it's mm-hmm. it's either to protect Adora or so that she has leverage in the future against Shadow Weaver, Adora herself, or Hordak, you know? You think I'm scared of some princess? I could take her out whenever I want. I know her secret. <laughs> oh, yeah? And what's that? <sighs> like I tell you. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this further translates to when we see Katra again in the barracks. And, like, she is literally, like, sobbing and tearing apart Adora's bed. And I think that kind of is where I get the idea that, like, she's doing this to protect Adora. Because we can tell she's still, like, hurt by Adora, you know? And she clearly still cares very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adora's actions of, like, joining the rebellion clearly hurt her. Because she feels betrayed and Katra feels left behind. Yeah, I mean, that's really fair. I mean, I I get that as she tears with her claws through some very hard-looking substance. It's either metal or concrete. Like, I'm not sure what it is. But the fact that her Mm -hmm. claws just tear through that, pretty pretty impressive. But, I mean, yeah, I get why she would be hurt. And I get what you're saying about how she's probably using it. Like, she's protecting her. Um, But at the end of the episode, we do get a little bit of a nugget of maybe something good for Catra. Because she gets brought in to see Lord Hordak by Shadow Weaver, who's obviously hoping to punish her because mm-hmm. Shadow Weaver hates Catra. Yeah, but I think it's really interesting how instead, like, Lord Hordak recognizes Catra's ability and chooses to promote her to Force Captain in place of Adora. Because mm-hmm. Shadow Weaver is constantly, like, berated and reprimanded a, reprimanded Catra for her behavior, attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw in the first episode that Adora also acknowledged how talented Catra was. And I think it's really interesting that Hordak clearly sees something in her mm-hmm. and doesn't just use it as a way to lift up Catra. He also uses it to tear down Shadow Weaver. Yeah. Like, Ooh, this is interesting. Because he says, this is a failure on your end. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Wow. Yeah. Because it's, it's not just him being like, well, you've been promoted to Force Captain because he asks why there isn't a new force captain, and she's like, there are no viable candidates. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what about Katra? Yeah. For the honor of okay, Maggie, would, do you want to share who your favorite character was this episode? Oh, you bet your sweet, sweet butt I do. My favorite character is Madame Raz. Really? I never would have guessed. You couldn't have guessed based on the fact that since we started recording this podcast, I told you how excited I was to watch this You've been, this like, episode. looking forward to this episode <laughs> the entire time. Oh, my God. I have literally been looking forward to this episode the entire time because I love Madame Raz so much. I do, too. Much. She is... So much fun. I love her. It's not even that she has that many qualities that I think are, like, real talking points. Mm -hmm. She's just really fun to have around. Like, I just really, every time she's on screen, I'm immediately drawn to her. 
Like she's out here at a horde encampment trying to fight horde soldiers with a broom screaming razzle dazzle. Give them the old razzle dazzle. (laughs) Give them the old razzle dazzle. Like. And she succeeds. She she does. She succeeds. It's she's just great. Yeah. Who is your favorite character, Tyler? Um, interestingly enough, my favorite character is also Raz. Because she's the best character in the episode? She really is. I would <laughs> I would disagree, though, with you about, like, she doesn't have anything, like, very interesting to say. Okay. Um, I think, like, the subtlety of the way she's, like, coaxing Adora towards, like, her own self-discovery is, like, really smart in, like, an intentional way, but, like, also you don't really know if it's intentional or Mm -hmm. not because, like, she still is kind of crazy at the end of the episode. She's like, who was that? Yeah, it is. I do get that, and I'm I'm trying not to mention too much about her because there's a lot that'll come up in future episodes about Raz, but based on this episode alone, she is my favorite character. Yeah. No, love that. Okay. Rating, what would you rate this episode? I'm gonna give this episode, I'm gonna give it a 10. (gasps) Oh my god, okay, all right, all right, I'm into it, I love that. For Madame Raz alone. (laughs) Okay, very fair, very fair. I I actually, I think this episode does a really good job, um, even though you only really see two of the main characters in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's still moves the story along enough that you that I I mean I personally while watching it was like yeah I'm very invested in what's going on I'm learning more about the world I'm learning more about what it means to be She-Ra what Adora's going through right there's a unicorn, there's a unicorn. I I'm obsessed <laughs> with all of it like it's 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 overall it's just a really solid episode and it's really fun to watch yeah I totally agree um actually I also gave this episode a 10 so I, I love this episode. It was, yeah, um, it was the most fun to watch. I just had a really great time. I loved the funny quirkiness of Raz. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing Adora discover herself and who she was. And I was just, I was never bored. I was always just entertained. I was laughing and crying and just mm-hmm. very, very invested the entire time. So, yeah, I, I really liked this. I had a great time to, with this episode. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page about this. And once again. We can continue recording this podcast together. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to give it till episode three, and if he hates it, then I'm done. If he gives this episode a one, <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. I love this episode. So this is the third episode in a row where we have chosen the same characters. Yeah, I mean, there's only, like, four characters to choose from. <laughs> okay, fair, but you know what? Still. <laughs> I'm actually changing my character. It's Broom. Oh, my God. Mine can be Loki, then. Loki? Loki? I mean, what with what's it? going on in the Marvel Universe, Loki might show up. Oh, Lord. That's all we have for this episode. A huge thank you goes out to the producer and audio engineer, Aaron Bogan, along with their production company, Sonovan Productions, and AA Watermelons on Twitter, who made our cover art. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. 
Our email is keyframereframe at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at keyframereframe. I'm Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and head writer of this show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at tylerjohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. I'm Maggie Cargan, the co-host of this show. You can follow me on Instagram at Maggie underscore Cargan. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye. Like I have like a hair in my mouth. <laughs>